Hey, Michael, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. You know what? It's almost Halloween again. You know what that means, right? Oh, man. That means we got to go figure out what, what costumes we're going to wear this That's year. That's right. And, you know, this year I was thinking maybe we should do a couple's costume. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. This, is the, this, is the, this is the lead in here, folks. All right. So, uh, you know, I was over on HalloweenCostumes.com and I was looking through the couple's costumes and I happened to notice some relevant costumes to us. Matter of fact, number one on the, uh, the list there is A League of Their Own. So we oh, could actually really? dress up as the sisters from A League of Their Own. What do you think? Oh, sounds wonderful. <laughs> sounds delightful. Yes, that sounds, uh, you know. Or, or there's a Batman and Robin, although I think we're going to have to, like, uh, figure out who's going to be Batman and who's going to be Robin. <laughs> Is there any really a debate on that one? I don't know about that. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> one of us could be the cat in the hat. The other one could be Thing 1. But then we That's we're true. lacking Thing 2, I guess. I, um, I like the gender-bent Dumb and Dumber set. Do you see that with the top hats and the orange and blue suits? I do. <laughs> see that that is that so we could is, like reverse gender bend it back yes. to to uh, to us maybe <laughs> i do like the fred flintstone and the dino the dinosaur that's pretty good yeah ghostbusters that's always a classic <laughs> i feel like that's been done a lot like we gotta figure something that's really you know true to this show something kind of kooky and i don't well, know it's not true to this show but i think i found our costume because i just found hugh hefner in a bunny outfit and i'm calling <laughs> dibs on hugh so uh well, great thanks yeah, so anyway if you guys would like to look for some cool halloween costumes and you're trying to figure out something that'll work for you head over to halloweencostumes.com we've partnered with them the last few years as part of the retro network so if you check out their site right now and enter the promo code trn halloween 2022 you can get 20% off, wait for it, your entire order, guys. Take a look, check it out. TRN Halloween 2022 for 20% off your entire order now through October 31st. And I beg you, please do not order us Hugh Hefner in a bunny costume. <laughs> please, please, I beg you, do not. Thank it's, you. No, that's fine. I, I did it already. Bye. <laughs> Great. The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And, and this, this is, is Box Office 30. 30. Welcome to Box Office 30 for October 1992. I'm Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Michael. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm really excited because it was like the prophecy foretold this to happen. This was going to be the inevitable <laughs> pick. There was no question, and we got a lot to talk about tonight. And tonight, today, whenever you listen to this, you know, all, all kidding aside, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. And I think it's my yeah, month to do the notes, so it's yes, kind of fun. Yes, it is. Yes, right. yeah. Well, you know, fall's in the air. We just got through hurricane weather here, so uh, all of a sudden I looked out and all the leaves are changing this morning, and I'm like, yep, must be October. So <laughs> we've got a good show for you guys tonight. Um, kind of a better list for once on the actual uh, Box Office 30 rundown, but um, I want to start things off. I have a little bit of interesting news, and this is news and new to you, Michael. 
Okay. Um, but I thought it was relevant, uh, perhaps, to folks that are listening to the Retro Network. I have started a small online comic book selling business, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> I uh, I got into this recently of like kind of just like buying and selling and flipping and trading um, some comic books. So uh, I want to tell yeah. you guys about the platform it's on because I thought um, it might be a fun spot for if people are into collecting, you know, retro collectibles and different things like that uh, to take a look. So uh, it's actually through an app that's called Whatnot. Um, and what's cool whatnot. about this is it's like if you took like eBay and like a Twitch stream and smush them together. Um, so you actually do a live stream every time that you go to do like some sales and people can pop on and, uh, you know, you show them what you've got. You run, you know, 30 second auctions. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very addicting, <laughs> but uh, it's really cool. So if you guys want to check that out, I actually have a promo that will get you $10 if you want to come on and either see my shows or check out some of the other retro shows there, which is if you visit whatnot.com slash invite slash Pete's Comics. Um, and that's also um, the name of my channel, Pete's Comics. So feel free to check that out. It's uh, it's pretty cool. You can find a lot of really neat stuff on there. So I digress. That was a little bit of mindless self-promotion. <laughs> this entire podcast is self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, uh, do you have any new or new to you this month, Michael? I could think of. Uh, oh, oh, you know what? I think I watched that. I watched that movie, The Gray Man, on Netflix. Oh yeah, how was that? one yet? It's fine. I mean, it's it's a watered down, born identity meets James Bond, uh, Casino Royale type of a movie. Uh, Chris Evans is fun in it. Uh, Ryan Gosling is. Fun in it, and uh, you know, Anna Darmus uh, steals the show in that movie. She's the best part of the whole thing by far. Nice. Um, and uh, it's a you know, it's a an hour and forty minute action schlock. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I started to try and read that book series, and I wasn't getting into it. I, I, I like picked up the first book, and I was trying to go through it. But I maybe I have to visit it again at some point. But. If you can't pick up a book and like it and read it uh, <laughs> to completion, it's probably pretty well, bad. Some so. books are tougher than others. Some of them, you know, like they just throw you into the mix, and it's like you got to really like try and see if you're in a good mental state to start wading through it, whereas others kind of ease you in. I'm definitely one of those ease-in people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually don't really have anything new on the movie front to mention either um but i did want to bring up two tv shows and i know at least one of them is uh, relevant to you and i discussing something lately um and that is i started uh because i didn't realize it until you told me it was out the other day the new season of harley quinn season three mm-hmm. um and that's a brilliant show uh, yeah. again like it's very well written. The comic book theme here tonight so far um if you guys out there are comic book fans and especially if you're harley quinn or batman fans it's just like a really ridiculously fun show um and they do a good job with it it's definitely adults only don't put it in front of your kids no um but uh it's definitely worth watching uh the other one which snuck up on me and just sort of showed up because i remember like the last season of it seemed to have a lot of fanfare and this one i've like i didn't know that it had come out and i didn't hear anybody talking about it is fifth season of cobra kai Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched. I cranked through that. And, like, I, you know, like, I know even like last year, probably around this time, Retro Network was trying to do and they maybe did. I can't remember if they got like a round table out on it. And um, a lot of people were chatting it up. And then this season, it was like, oh, that's out now. I didn't know that. Like, I, I felt like I saw no trailers, no ads, no nothing, no, no people speaking about it and, and not since. And it's more of the same. <laughs> it's a lot of like just super fun Way over the top, like soap drama, soap uh, opera drama levels of uh, karate in the valley. <laughs> um, you know, surprise character twists and 
people turning to heels and heels turning like, to were, good were guys. Were there really and... surprises? Like, were any of these like characters that popped up surprises? <laughs> at this point? They're not. And listen, no. I love I love the show. I binged the entire season in maybe forty eight hours. Maybe, uh, you know, I really love that show a lot. It's it's, it's part nostalgia, part fun, uh, you know part campiness and you know it's really the the last couple of episodes were really strong and uh, it's super fun show um you can't say enough about it whether you grew up in the 80s and saw the karate kid movies or you're new to it now it's always a, a joy um i am watching the Dahmer show on netflix i'm four oh. episodes <laughs> in and it's one of those things where like you got you watch one episode and you need to take a break. Like I almost need like a bath afterwards. <laughs> it's like, like oh, I feel dirty. I feel broken inside. And I'm yeah, also I'm not like the biggest crime drama person. Um, we watched uh, what the heck was the name of it? The assassination of uh, what's his name? He was like a, a, a clothing designer or something like that. Oh, uh, Giovanni um, Versace. Yes. Yeah, we watched that and that was good. We watched like the like those like. Um, I've never watched the American horror, whatever that series is called, but like the American crime, like takeoff of that. Like mm-hmm. I've watched a few of those, like the OJ one and the OJ one that is the was best the other one. one, but those, those were pretty good. The, uh, um, the Monica Lewinsky one was horrible. We turned it off in the first episode, <laughs> um, but I'm also watching the patient, another serial killer based show uh, on Hulu with Steve Carell. And if Steve Carell does not win an Emmy for this role, like it, and then this show is underlooked because it's he's incredible in it. It's fascinating. It's uncomfortable. It's got David <laughs> Allen Greer in it. You can't go wrong. So yes. All right. Well, uh, we're talking a lot of TV, but maybe we'll take a look at some movies in our box office thirty segment for October nineteen ninety two. Pete, King of the Transition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I realized that I failed on the transition on this one for the new and new to you, but I did a better job of the box office 30, so I feel better with myself. Sure, <laughs> sure. Keep telling yourself that. Yes. So, All right. Well, welcome to October 92. We have a loaded list this month with many recognizable titles, but more on that in a minute. Our top film for October is Under Siege with an October gross of $47.7 million. In the number two spot is Last of the Mohicans with $39.9 million. And in the number three spot is The Mighty Ducks with $28.5 million in earnings. Last month's feature film, Captain Ron, moves down to number nine with $11.3 million in October. So big thanks as usual to everybody who voted in our listener poll. Thanks for the Retro Network guys for sharing it. We're calling it a little bit early as we're recording this a little earlier than we thought we would. And the results are as follows. Hero had 4% of the vote, which puts it squarely in fourth place. In third, Mr. Baseball with 12%. In second, Under Siege with 32%. And probably not surprisingly, in first, The Mighty Ducks with 52%. So thank you very much to the 25 voters on that poll this month. Um, I think you and I both saw the writing on the wall with this one I thought you know it's where it was heading and if not I at least tried to like inch us a little bit closer with like hashtag ducks fly together in the uh, in the vote this month of course you <laughs> but, did uh, yes I, I don't know I, at least I got what I wanted out of it so uh, we're all good so why don't we take a look uh, at the list Michael why don't you start us off well like you said number one was under siege um with a gross of $47.6 million, uh, released on October 9th. Uh, Steven Seagal, probably Steven Seagal's most famous movie, I would guess. Right? I, uh, I would actually venture to say the same, yeah. I mean, this really was like the firecracker of his career. Uh, the other ones that we've even covered on this podcast are, to a lesser extent, you know, forgettable movies, but this was just such a big movie at the time. Um I think Willem Dafoe is the villain in this one, or or is that the other one? I I, you know, it's it's as we've discussed with Steven Seagal movies in the past. I 
love to watch them because they're all ridiculous, but they're all complete blend in my head. I think this is the one that has something to do with like the the Navy or oh, this is the, this is the one I think I think okay. So I'm looking at the list here. So Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones are in. I think Tommy Lee Jones is the big villain in this movie. That he's yeah, facing so this off one is an ex-Navy SEAL turned cook, cook is the only person course. who can stop a group of terrorists when they seize control of a U.S. battleship. So I was close. I remembered it had something to do with the Navy, so but it's that's like, not too bad. There and I mean, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole with this movie, but it's like, how does someone who was an ex-Navy SEAL now become a cook <laughs> on a Navy ship? By happenstance, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but it I is a good. Got to do something when you when you get out of there. I guess. Um, worth maybe noting that its initial gross of forty seven point six million is almost the entire gross of the Mighty Ducks at fifty point seven. So, wow. it, this one did quite well in the box office. It goes on to make eighty three point five. Uh, so number three is Mighty Ducks. We're obviously going to circle back to that. So let's talk a little bit about number four and five, which were also on our poll here, Hero and Mr. Baseball. So I think you were saying you were a big fan of Mr. Baseball, um, uh, or I mean, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, you seem to really uh, want that on the poll. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, remember I offered is, you to put sneakers on there and you were like, nope. <laughs> well, I, I looked at it like this, like sneakers didn't have a shot. And Hero is a garbage movie. It's, you know, a Dustin Hoffman, Andy Garcia, uh, Gina Davis film where basically Dustin Hoffman, uh, I think he's like he and uh, Andy Garcia are both homeless guys and they rescue people from a a crashed airplane or he or Dustin Hoffman rescue people from from an airplane. And one of them happens to be like a reporter in Gina Davis. So Gina Davis thinks that Andy Garcia is the guy that rescued her and makes him famous and gets them all cleaned up and so on and so forth. But it, in in reality, it's actually Dustin Hoffman. It's a snore of a movie, and it feels like it's like nine hours long. So I'm glad that got eliminated. Um, Mr. Baseball, I think I like it because of the fact that it's Tom Selleck, and he's got you know his badass mustache. Uh, <laughs> but basically, he's like a, a big-time baseball player who – I think he gets traded to some team in Japan because he's so famous and they call him Mr. Baseball in Japan. And it's sort of like a, you know, goofy baseball movie. That's about it. That's all I remember for that movie. There you go. All right. Well, it's better than me. Um, all right. So coming in at number seven, and this is where we're going to start to have like a little bit of like weird crossover because Michael and I just recorded, and I'm not sure which one's going to drop first, our uh, Halloween segment special for the retro network. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Candyman and and how that was, uh, (laughs) you know, only adding to the mythos as a kid of like your cousin, like bringing you to a bathroom and going, all right, I'm going to turn the lights off. Now say Candyman five times in front of the mirror, (laughs) you know, sort of thing. And it's just like, yeah, definitely kind of like a freaky. um, Something about bees in that movie. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of bees in that movie. I remember like something like flies out of people's eyes and stuff like that. And yeah, (laughs) Candyman was one of those movies. Movies and bees is not the bees, not the bees. (laughs) What is that Nicolas Cage movie? Wicker Man or something like that? (laughs) Yes. That's actually, that's a remake of an original movie called Wicker Man as well. I I like the Nicolas Cage one for, for obvious reasons. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm sure you do. Of course. Not the bees. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, number eight on the list is a movie called Consenting Adults. Um, this shows right now as being launched under Walt Disney, but I'm thinking not because it says during a joint dinner at a restaurant, the neighbors offered to exchange wives for one night. It was a joke, but only at first. <laughs> this has got to be like a one that was 20th Century Fox, I would assume, if I had to yeah, venture a guess. Yeah, it's either one of those or like, I, I mean, maybe a touchstone sort of film. Uh, it's got Kevin Spacey, Kevin Klein. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Parker and Rebecca Miller and uh, Forrest Whitaker, apparently. Um, this one doesn't ring any bells to me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard the title, but I couldn't pin it to the wall. The next one is, is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I think that's an uh, Al Pacino movie, right? Absolutely. Yes. A, B, C. Always be closing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 all right. Yes. Al Pacino, yes, uh, Alec Baldwin. Al Pacino, yep, Alec Baldwin. It's got a quite a cast. Um, yeah. It's it's a good movie. I mean, I think that's the most memorable scene. Everybody 
always remembers that from the movie. I th- even like uh, they came out with that Boss Baby a couple of years ago, which I took uh, Zoe to, and mm-hmm. you know it's got like. <laughs> don't touch that cookie cookies are for closers you know <laughs> like, yes. like he even like takes off of that so um you know I, I think i don't remember what comes first like the movie or a broadway show i think it's a broadway or a play or something like that i shouldn't mm-hmm. say you know like a show necessarily but um i want yeah. to take the next one i gotta take the next one because the next one it. is 1492 conquest of paradise a gerard depardieu Christopher Columbus movie, which I know I've mentioned this before because I thought it was something else at the time. But yes, this is the Christopher Columbus, Gerard Depardieu, Armand Asante movie. <laughs> I'm glad we came full circle on that because I was about to say we had something like a Christopher Columbus movie recently, but it was kind of like a, I don't know, like semi-documentary sort of thing. I don't know. But I, I think we were confusing that with this one. Um, number 15 is of mice and men and that obviously a movie based off of uh, the very uh, popular classic book um i think i saw some of this this was another one of these ones where and i've mentioned this on the podcast before that we have um i had uh, teachers in in middle school that were big on sort of like having us read a book and then showing us some kind of equivalent um portion of movie um, from it and I feel like they might have started showing us this movie or at least I then was like watching it at some point later with the book in my mind I don't know but uh, that's uh, that's of Mice and Men so number 16 is A River Runs Through It which is a Brad Pitt movie and this movie is actually great have you ever seen this movie so here's the thing right because I always confuse this movie with another and maybe you'll know the one I'm talking about you're it thinking might just of a uh, no, you're thinking of the movie with Brad Pitt um, and I think Paul Reiser. It's like a, uh, it's a, another it's like, Western. I think there's movie. like a husband and a wife and they're like on like a rafting trip and like these like criminals. Oh, you're thinking, of the, river, you're like thinking of the River Wild. The River Wild. Okay, thank you. I was going to say two quasi-similar yeah, yeah. Quasi titles and I think I always mesh the two. This one I'm not sure I've actually seen. This is a it's a really fantastic movie and it's about fly fishing and you think that sounds dorky and corny but it was like my first real introduction to a Brad Pitt movie and I must have watched this thing like 10 times cuz it was just so cool and it's like a good father son bonding sort of a movie. I know this was a super popular movie. I think I just yeah. never somehow got around to seeing it or I kept the, thinking I was seeing it via The River Wild. <laughs> the other movie that people often mistaken this with is Legends of the Fall. Which is another gotcha. Brad Pitt. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, number 20 on our list, jumping down a couple spots to number 20, is a movie called Pure Country. And this one, I don't know. It says, Dusty gets tired of all the smoke and light effects, wonders what happened to doing it the way that made him famous and happy, takes a walk to find what seems to be missing, and finds himself and his music again. Okay. <laughs> sounds, sounds like the uh, A Star is Born movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I this one's like fairly unrecognizable to me. Um, I'm trying to even see who's in it. Uh, George Strait. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, This one was not on my radar and, and apparently still isn't. <laughs> Again, another movie on our list here that's popped up that is referenced in another episode we're going to have this month for the Retro Network is Dr. Giggles at at number 22 and this dr giggles isn't for jokes folks a madman who believes he's a doctor comes to town where his crazy father was killed and soon begins murdering people and becoming infatuated with a teenage girl who has a heart condition yeah yeah i know you said steven is a a fan of this movie i this is like no, I have, I have no clue what this I never, is. I, never heard I think the only thing is ago. like you guys mentioned it at some point on a podcast or another. And I was like, oh, all I'm right. Sure. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we're getting into like kind of like we're in like the mid 20s now. And I'm going to read through a few. But then I have to stop because something really weird happened this month. Sure. Normally we joke that we have like the Miramax of the month. But the Miramax of the month is actually a big deal movie this month. So uh, number 24, 25 and 30 respectively are Night in the City, The Public Eye, and Zebrahead. And those are completely meaningless to me. But 
all the way down at number 35, having only been screened on 61 screens, doing $290,000 in business from October 23rd, Reservoir Dogs. Wow. Wow, this sure ended up in like a funny little spot. But it's, I I get that because it's, you know, more of a cult classic. And and when it was in the theaters, nobody, nobody knew what Mr. Pink, Mr. White, you know, all those things were like, I... I, I, I get that. I'm surprised it's so low, but does it do better in November maybe? I mean maybe a little bit. It says that it goes on to make $2.8 million, which again, I'm like, wow, that's kind of shocking. So I don't know if it you know, does later re-releases that aren't necessarily combined in here or um, you know, presumably in the home market it's done more business over time. But it's just a little shocking. I guess what I would say – this is for, well, I, I guess mean, this is what I would say is that it's his breakout movie, you know, because yeah. he has like if you go to Quentin Tarantino's IMDb, he has a, a movie called Love Birds and Bondage from 1983, which is a marked short. as a short and unfinished. Mm. He has another movie called My Best Friend's Birthday from 1987, which I've never heard of. Yeah, and then know. he has Reservoir Dogs video short directed by. So I'm curious if this was like. I, I, I'm going to admit I don't know the backstory of Reservoir Dogs and, and like, you know, if it got, you know, somewhere further. But I'm going to presume that he must have been, you know, doing either film school or post-film school work creating this. And then Reservoir Dogs is honestly his first breakout, you know, big yeah. movie. So when this drops in Miramax, you know, sort of format um, on 61 screens – Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's my guess uh, uh, as for how this ended up the way it did. Obviously, after this, everybody knows who he is. And he goes on to do Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown and, um, you know, umpteen other, you know, fabulous movies. But, uh, yeah, I was just really stunned when I was going down the list and uh, and found this down here. Yeah, no, it, it is surprising that it's that low. And what also is surprising to me is if you look at his directing credits, his next movie is Pulp Fiction, which really rocketed. That's what I'm saying. Startup. I mean, I think this movie, despite its low box office, must have caught the right people's eyes. You know what I mean? And yeah. obviously propels him to sort of like an auteur status after that. Well, uh, we have another Miramax movie at number 36. This one's called Rampage, and it does not ring a bell. I don't nope. recognize it from the poster or anything. So I'll run I, us through the rest of the list. Go for it. Number 37 is The Lover. 38, Breaking the Rules. 39, Feed. 40, Johnny Stecchino. And 40, number 41, In the Soup. And In the <laughs> Soup goes only on to make $20,000. Goes on later to make $256,000. Um, I will read you this one. It says, New Yorker Adolfo Rolo is your classic head movie amateur or head movie amateur. In his mind, he's creating deathless classics of the screen. Back in the real world, he can't pay the rent on the downtown grot hole he calls home. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, it's I a just, Steve uh, Buscemi movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, not necessarily a Miramax, but it seems like the Miramax of the month because. Yeah, really. Uh, black and white film, uh, Seymour Castle, Steve Buscemi, Jennifer Beals. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's... Well, if you've seen that movie, let us know over on our socials. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think about the list this month. Any favorites? Anything that uh, you've been watching recently? Uh, you ready to recall this sucker? Sure. All right. Let's see what we can do with our recall for The Mighty Ducks. All right. Mighty Ducks is directed by Stephen Herrick, whose name I don't immediately recognize, but whose work I do. It includes Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Three Musketeers, which was my jam as a kid. I had that on VHS and loved that movie. Uh, Life or Something Like It. Yes. (laughs) And many more. Um, It's written by Stephen Brill, who also wrote the rest of the Mighty Ducks films, as well as the recent Disney Plus sequel series, Game Changers. Have you seen Game Changers? I've seen the first season. I have not watched the second season because Amelia. Like, it's like fun to watch with a kid. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just somebody coming in, huh? Yeah, the new season is out. Okay, Um, I I didn't watch that because it's coming out. uh, Amelia pulled out of the show. 
Yes, although I think for season two, Joshua Jackson's back. So there you go. <laughs> they're doing the, the karate kid thing and they're just pulling in like one after another. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. Um, it was fun to watch with my daughter, Zoe. I think if I wasn't watching it with her, I probably wouldn't be watching it. It doesn't have the the level of a Cobra Kai sort of like wanting to keep you watching necessarily, yeah. but uh, but it's fine. Uh, he's also responsible for Heavyweights, Little Nicky, fucking awesome, and Walk of Shame, making Mighty Ducks his biggest success. So I got to just point out Little Nicky there for a minute. That's probably Adam Sandler's most despised movie. I think nobody likes that, but I like it. <laughs> I got to point it's out just, that a movie on that list that I love is Heavyweights. <laughs> yeah, Heavyweights is great. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, speaking um, of Heavyweights, though, here is another captain ron style multiversal narrative here i believe that the ben stiller character in heavyweight <laughs> is the same character in dodgeball years 100%, later 100 percent. although here's my take on it because if you remember um with heavyweights the whole thing is he's like trying to whip them into shape and at the end of the movie or the post credits of the movie He's now himself like enormous. And I guess he yeah. used to be enormous. Now yes. I'm trying to remember, right? Um, they talked about with Globo Jim, we're better than you, that he either used to weigh a lot or I can't remember at the end of the movie if he also falls off the wagon and puts weight I think back. He does. I think, I think it's like a roller coaster. So roller. here's the question. Is the heavyweights him after the events of Dodgeball or before. Like, like, like you're saying Dodgeball's a prequel. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like imagine he loses like the World Dodgeball Championship, Globo Jim's like a joke, and then he has to go like coach little kids at like a like an overweight camp. Time Maybe. travel multiverse, baby, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fabulous uh, rabbit hole to fall down right there. You bet. All right, I digress. The film stars Emilio Estevez, Lane Smith, one of the best, Perry White's, in my yeah. opinion, that there's ever been. Uh, Joshua Jackson, Vincent LaRusso, Heidi Kling, and an ensemble cast of others. As mentioned, it does $28.5 million in October with an October 2nd release. Goes on to make $50.8 million total against its $14 million budget, which I was shocked was that low, making it a box office success, an eventual franchise, and even a hockey team. <laughs> I was a little blown away when the Anaheim Ducks became a thing because I was like, wow, they named their team after the Mighty Ducks. But I guess that's what happens when you're in Anaheim and uh, Disney essentially owns your city. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, it received largely negative critical reviews at its, lease, at its release, but maintains an excellent viewer rating. So uh, let's see. I, I, this movie, for me, just to kick you know some recall off, I know I usually pitch it to you. I just want to at least get out the gate as saying that this movie and the 1994 Rangers season cemented my lifelong love of hockey. (laughs) So like, I gotta, I gotta give some credit to it. Um, So I've seen these movies like a million times. I've, you know, tried to show them to the kids. Kids were a little less interested when I tried to show it to them originally. So I probably got to try again when they're, you know, maybe Zoe be more interested now or whatever. I thought this movie as a kid was like perfect kid fodder. It had like all like the dumb jokes. You could see yourself in, you know, all the characters. Um, and it was fun. It was funny. It had heart. It had um, that kind irreverence? of like sports drama that you need in a movie like this. I'm sorry, was that? I was going to say irreverence, if you will. Irreverence, yeah, sure. Um, so... <laughs> You know, I I think as an adult in 1992, people would have been like, ah, it's a cheesy kids hockey movie. But like, this was like my religion for a minute when I was a kid back in 1992. So I, I like this movie. I was high of hook and now he's under exactly. my Ducks. <laughs> I really like the second movie. The third movie makes no sense to me. Like, yeah. you know, you go from local peewee hockey team in Minnesota to the, all of them get recruited to the USA Kids hockey team, which seems like a little bit um, <laughs> or something because, you know, you think that they would be recruiting people from across the country. And then third movie, they've they've like they've beaten like the biggest team in the world state. What are they going to do next? 
oh, like a college team that's just completely whooping their butts. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, how do you go from being world-class champions to not being able to beat just some random other college team? I don't know. Third movie is, is, is I like to pretend that doesn't exist, but I really like the first two. Um, what do you recall of the story? Because I know I recall it. Of, of Mighty okay, Ducks. so uh, ex-hockey player Gordon Bombay turned lawyer uh, sleazy lawyer, mind you, you know, always out for the almighty dollar gets, uh, in trouble. I believe he's a win. Yeah. I, I think he gets in trouble for drunk driving or something like that and, uh, gets, you know, suspended and, you know, part of his community services, I guess the owner of the law firm or the, or the, the head of the law firm says, okay, as part of your community service, you're going to coach my, hockey league team uh division three or d3 i forget what it was some, some sort of like d number of some sort um yeah. they don't even have a rink they're playing on like a, a half frozen lake yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and gordon rolls up in a limousine on the ice which is bizarre to begin with but sure <laughs> um the team doesn't respect him. You know, he's a crummy coach, doesn't want to be there. And, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Uh, then you have Ch- Charlie. Uh, I think Charlie's – his last name isn't Banks, right? Or is it the other Conway. kid? You're thinking Conway, of Adam right? Banks. Yeah. Adam Banks is the other kid, right? He's the one that's on the Hawks and gets yes. pulled over to the, to the Ducks because the, the town lines are changed and yes. yada, 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 or something like that. So basically, Gordon has to, you know, come to grips with being a coach, you know, rally his team and, and they make him better. He makes them better. Uh, he finds the, the one kid who can't skate and uh, but but he's a good shooter and he gets, I think, one out of five and he's shooting into a trunk and he breaks a window to a limousine. Then they go to the mall, teach them how to skate. Uh, then eventually the owner of the pro shop who's also sort of like gordon's surrogate father in a way um makes them ducks uniforms because because ducks fly together and they come up with the flying v and they beat the hawks just to fill in a little gap they're the ducks because the his boss who sponsors it is mr ducksworth so they named the team the ducks after mr ducksworth (laughs) gotcha gotcha Okay, that's basically what I got for you. Yeah, I mean, you basically have it in a nutshell. Um, the only things I would, like I said, fill in is that, like, uh, Emilio Estevez, as you said, hotshot lawyer, he does, in fact, get a DUI. And the only way that he manages to essentially keep his job is to do community service, which is a little weird, knowing more what I know as an adult that, like, you know, if you're a lawyer <laughs> and you start like, you know, getting like DUI convictions and things, you're going to get disbarred. It's not so much that you got to like do community service or whatever, but he's kind of like on his like last strike. So um, that's where he gets in with the team. And his whole thing is that when he was young, he played for the Hawks. Um, so he remembers what it's like to be a Hawk. And he was trained by, I, I think coach Riley, who's Lane Smith's character um, as a kid as well. Yes. And he went on, as you said to, to, you know, he wanted to play, um, pro hockey, I think I'm going to probably mix some of the movies now. I think he did. I think he played for uh, like a minor league team for like Dallas or something for a bit, but then he got injured. And that's what I think. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what sent him out. Um, and so that's where he ultimately ends up as, as a lawyer, but his whole thing and this comes from his training with the Hawks originally is like, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. So that's even his thing with the lawyer stuff. It's not even that he's like like money crazed, which, you know, he, he, he certainly is into that a bit. But his whole thing is that he needs to win every case, he needs to win. And that's, you know, kind of the thing he comes in to the team with, too, is that like, we got to win, we got to win, we got to do better. And he's like, you know, embarrassed by the kids, you know, they, they're all, none of them have, you know, they're like the wrong side of the track kids. They don't have money for proper equipment, you know, like they were like, you know, cobbling together whatever they, they can to get their team going. And then, you know, heartwarming, you know, stuff ensues and he learns, you know, how to be a proper coach and starts falling for um, Charlie's mom, who's uh, played by Heidi Kling. Her name's Casey. Um, and as you said, they, you know, they find Fulton, um, and he becomes their kind of enforcer. 
Um, and uh, yeah, and it's you know it's just full of like a lot of um, fun, you know, like ridiculous scenes with like the the ducks going off and doing stuff. And it's like, you know, if you ever played a sport as a kid, like there was always like that one team that like was really good and everybody else like, you know, couldn't quite match up to them. You know, for me, like we had like little league baseball and I was on the Sag Harbor firefighters and like the, the big team to beat was the Bridgehampton lions. And like, you know, like it always seemed like they were like the unbeatable team. And like one year we, you know, got there and beat them and we felt really you know, like, Oh, we're like the ducks, you know, sort of thing. Um, you know, all the ridiculous stuff that goes back and forth between like some of the characters like Averman and Goldberg um, and all that. And, you know, you know, as you, you mentioned, they bring in Adam Banks, like uh, Gordon uses his like lawyering to, you know, figure out that like some section of the town should have been redrawn and they managed to pull Adam Banks over. And at first he's really mad about that. And of course uh, he was from the Hawks. So, you know, Lane Smith is very mad about that. And nobody's getting along with him. The team doesn't want him there because he's a hawk. But eventually, they bond, in, and you know he becomes like another you know star player for them. And of course, the game all comes down to like as as it always fabulously has to do with with hockey type things to the shootout, you know. <laughs> and it's like who's going to score the goal in the shootout? But uh, what's neat about this movie is being that the kids that were in it were very young at the same time that we were very young, a lot of them have grown up to be people that you would recognize like Marguerite Moreau or Joshua Jackson, as previously mentioned, um, or what was came in as a surprise to me is Terry Halls played by Jussie Smollett, who everybody in recent years will recognize from the big controversy. Um, he, what was the show he was on empire? And then mm. he um, had, Essentially, I think it's been proven think um, that he was assaulted or something. Yeah, essentially that he had been like the target of like a racial attack, but that it was something that he had actually, I guess, done himself. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. You know, like it's like wow. You know, I would have never put together that that's who that was that we were watching as a kid. So um, you know, again, I, I just I think this was a super fun movie. It was a super fun movie for kids at the time. Definitely a Disney movie. Um, and you know, I think as far as like those, like kids sports movies go between things like this and, um, little giants, angels in the outfield, et cetera. We've talked about some of these before. I feel like out of like the kids sports movies, this one sort of sits on top of the pile for a lot of people. I think a lot of people still, you know, relate back to this movie and, and think fondly of it. So, um, I don't know for me, it, it was a great movie then and it's a great movie now. So I'm, I'm happy to be, uh, rewatching this no I, I am too I'm, I'm looking forward to this it's it's a great movie this is one that i can actually watch with my kids too and they'll they'll want to watch and you know it's gonna be fun so yes you had a little bit of a trouble finding a trailer for this movie though apparently i did so this was what was really weird you know sometimes i'll search for us to listen for our preview review section a trailer or two, you know, try and sign, find something. And most of the time I can find something and I usually grab them from YouTube. Um, every once in a while, it's a little harder to find, like maybe let's say a good quality version of a trailer or whatever. Mm-hmm. For this movie, I could not find a theatrical trailer and it kind of blew my mind. And I, I even went so far as to jumping over to Disney plus and checking the extras there to see if they had the trailer for it. Cause very often they will have trailers for, um, especially Disney movies. But the only trailer I could find was essentially a 30 second long home video trailer that some just random person had posted like four or five years ago. So we'll take a look at it in our preview review. All right, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. From Walt Disney Pictures. New pictures and... Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is like a home video trailer. Like, you, like, it's got like the guy that did their, like, all their trailers for their home video stuff. Averman has some of the best one-liners in this movie. Oh, but for sure. That winning isn't everything. Let's have fun out there. Walt Disney Pictures presents a media estimate. Are we ducks or what? Flying me! Flying ducks. 
There you go. That's a that's a short preview review for us. <laughs> but there you go. You're um, welcome on that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think we needed to remember this so bad, but you know, it is funny watching that kind of like '90s. Even maybe it's fun to watch a home video version of a trailer because uh, I don't know about you, but I had plenty of the Disney library movies and it was always fun to like me as a kid, I used to like watching the trailers uh, in front of the, you know, coming soon to Disney home video, you know, sort of thing. Um, My kids just want to skip everything. They're, they're just like born with that, like, skip button mentality so they don't they don't, Grace they don't like, like to sit around and like, watch what that. is this commercial that's on right now <laughs> why do i think <laughs> this why did the show stop like nice. i don't know man well if you guys want to watch along with us um if you're a disney plus subscriber that and the rest of the disney or excuse me the rest of the mighty ducks movies are all available out there on disney plus so go check them out we will be back in two weeks with our review of the Mighty Ducks. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get this show wrapped up. Michael, you want to do the big movie quiz? Sure. Dealer's choice on which you want to give me. I feel like I'm going to get through these uh, comedy classic cards because uh, I'm going to wait on the Oscar cards to stump you until we get closer to Oscar season. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Okay, um, which 1999 film stars Jason Biggs, Sean William Scott, and Eugene Levy? American Pie. You got it. All right, and for those who are just tuning in, we usually do this quiz, six questions, see how many out of six Michael can get. Sometimes he gets half points. Um, what's, <laughs> what's uh, Here's a relevant-ish question. What sport is the focus of the film Goon? Hockey. There you go. <laughs> also, Sean William Scott. <laughs> Yes. Uh, What profession is Jim Carrey's character in Liar Liar? Again, relevant question. Yes. Liar. (laughs) (laughs) All right, three for three. Uh, What fashion magazine does Jenna work for in 13 Going on 30? Did I stump you finally? I'm not going to fault you if you didn't know what magazine the person in. (laughs) 13 going on 30. Is it a real magazine? I don't think so. Oh, Maybe, but I don't think so. I was just saying like Vogue or something like that, but I don't know. I imagine it's supposed to be something like that. This one's called Poise. (laughs) Yeah, I would have never. All right. That's okay. Three out of four. I I can Uh, tell you who's in it. I know it's Jennifer Gardner, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who wrote and directed Clerks? We can't be friends anymore if you can't answer this. <laughs> Kevin Smith, who's now touring around with Clerks 3 in yeah. your local cinemas. Yes. All right. And here's another softball for you. In which film does the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man feature? Well, there's Ghostbusters. And is he in the newest Ghostbusters as well? Mm, the baby ones are. Okay. <laughs> the the answer is Ghostbusters. Yeah, they have um, a little throwback in the new one where they're in like a Kmart sort of store, and um, Paul me. Rudd is like running around, and they got like like the like the Zool, like the the monster dog things running around, and like just basically because they're in the proximity of that like monster dogs that's chasing him around this thing, like he runs by some like Stay Puffed marshmallow bags, and like like a bunch of little like baby stay puff marshmallow guys for oh, okay. doesn't really make any sense in the context of how stay puff marshmallow man came to be, which was more like what's like, you know, <laughs> what was Ray thinking about? And he tried to think about like the most innocuous thing. So it doesn't really add up. But then again, the movie's kind of just like a uh, cash grab trying to, you know, jump in on the Ghostbusters thing. It was fine. It was better at least than the one from a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I digress. All right, Michael, tell them how they can get a hold of us. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can go on our social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter at Box Office 30, on Instagram at Box Office T-H-I-R-T-Y, or go to our website, boxoffice30.com, and listen to some of our back episodes as well. We also want to thank Jason and Mickey of the Retro Network, as usual, for hosting our show, giving us a platform to ramble on and chit-chat and all that good stuff. Uh, We also have a promo code going on this month through the Retro Network for HalloweenCostumes.com. You can go either through the Retro Network website, you can go on there, and it's uh, 
TRN something or other 2020. I don't know. What's the code? Do you know the code? 2022. Yeah, you okay. were close. It's, it, it doesn't happen to be the year 2020 anymore is the only way you fell apart there. But yes, TRN Halloween 2022. Okay. So it is TRN Halloween 2022. And you can get 20% of your entire Halloween costume order on HalloweenCostumes.com. You can also go to our Tee Public store and get some cool merch. I was actually funny enough yesterday. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, I'm really due for a new hoodie. And I kind of want one of our hoodies. Mostly because I like the logo, <laughs> and I will say that T Public does make a quality shirt, or at least whatever they print on the shirts are usually fairly comfortable. I would say. Yeah, no, I, I think it is pretty good quality um, stuff, uh, and uh, I was thinking the exact same thing to myself the other day. I'm like, oh, it's sweater season. Might need to get a new box office thirty hoodie. So it might be that you and I are buying the only two. <laughs> box office uh, 30 hoodies, but that's all right. We'll keep telling people to go out there and do it. It's okay. (laughs) So I also wanted to mention one last thing. So I think I talked about this briefly. So Jason just sent you and I a bunch of stickers for our podcast. And I think we need to do some sort of a contest, maybe in November coming up on Halloween or not Halloween coming up on Thanksgiving. Maybe we come up with a contest and maybe we could send some people some cool box office dirty stickers. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, um, I, I maybe mentioned it one of the last shows, but I did after you get the stickers from Jason, and they are awesome. So I do want to send some uh, out in the world to our listeners. So, yeah, we'll think up uh, some fun way that uh, you guys can participate, and, and we'll get some uh, stickers out to you. All righty. And listen, uh, so as always, we'll be back in two weeks with our review of the mighty ducks and like i said if you want to go watch it obviously go on disney plus and check it out and join us in the in the conversation but as always thanks for listening and we'll see you next time we're gonna stick together you know why because we're ducks and ducks fly together and just when you think they're about to break apart ducks fly together and when the wind blows hard and the sky is black ducks fly together And when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning in circles in the pasture, ducks fly together! And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly. (laughs) We just had an aneurysm. (laughs) That's all I got. Bye, friends. Bye, everybody. of the Retro Network.